Hey, it's Nick Amell, host of the Tennis Podcast. We're here to smarten you up today. I'm joined by a very finely dressed gentleman. You clearly can't see me because I'm not finely dressed at all. I'm wearing a t-shirt that's a size too big. Oh, baby. And basketball shorts that have a paint stain on them. I'm the psychic host, Brandon. They're hugging the booty just right, I bet. Nah, these are, it's loose. Brandon, I'm sitting here trying to compliment your sensuality and you're just shooting me down at every step. I'm not uh, in a sensual state. We won't get into details, but Brandon's feeling a little under the weather today. So if he seems a little less perky, that might be why. So let's not waste any time then. This is the show where one of us brings a top 10-ish list without giving the other one any kind of heads up. The other person comes in blind and along with you, the listener at home or at work or in your car or under a bridge or on the moon, try to guess along with the other person items 1 through 10 on the list. That's right. I brought today's list and we're diving into, you know, I was thinking about it. I think if I had to say what my favorite kind of genre or category is that we cover, it'd probably be history. And we're going in the Wayback Machine today to talk about the greatest minds of all time, the greatest minds throughout history. Oh, shit. What? And that's really hard to... Greatest minds no. of history. You know these people. I know all these great minds. Yeah, I think you'll get them all. I struggled with this list a little because I first sought to do a list ranked by like the highest IQs in history. Mm-hmm. And I found a couple of different sources for that, but they all contradicted each other. I could not find a credible list that I didn't have to second guess. So I still wanted to do this. So what I did is I decided let's go with the people. I found a poll on Ranker.com and in August 2018, they ran a poll. They asked people to vote on the greatest minds of all time throughout history. Let me give you a little background on that poll. The list represents the most influential thinkers across various disciplines, ranked in a way that represents the power of their ideas and their impact on the world. The list takes a historic perspective, so the greatest thinkers who are included on this list come from many different eras. Mm-hmm. For example, inventing a new telephone in 2013 would not qualify as brilliant, but in 1876, it changed the fucking world. So, that's important context to keep in mind. This poll on Ranker voted on by 68,000 people around the world, 748,000 total votes. So, they are taking these these smarty pants, these nerds from throughout history, ranking them in basically the greatest impact in history is what you're looking at. Okay. My sources are businessinsider.com, bigthink.com, financesonline.com, and Wikipedia. While this list is not ranked by highest IQ score, I do, when I could find it, I do have estimated IQ listed. Do you know what, how high an IQ do you have to have to be considered a genius? Um, I think it's 140 or higher. Mm-hmm. 140 or higher is considered near genius level. Mm-hmm. So, anything like 150 and above is, is uh, rarefied air, as they say. I don't think I've ever taken a proper IQ test. I've only taken the ones online. And I, from what I've heard, they can't be trusted. You're telling me that the IQ score about what type of butter I am from BuzzFeed was not a proper score? No, there's, uh, there are some IQ tests that are, like, they're based on what I think actual IQ tests are on, which they measure things like intelligence uh, based around things like spatial reasoning and like abstract thought about numbers and patterns, things like that. Abstract thoughts. Does it ask you to go into detail um, the uh, scientific logics and technicalities of peanut butter replacing all water throughout the world? Do you recall answering a question about that? There might be a retardation test that has that on it. Okay, wow. 
Yikes, hot take. All right, well, since you're not feeling well, let's just dive right in. So, uh, what about all the? He's not typically listed for like his scientific or philosophical, maybe philosophical, but uh, what about Billy Shakespeare? Did they put him on the list? Oh, Willie Shakespeare, listener of the show. He is not on the list mm. and he's not in the top 20. That was more of a shot in the dark because I have some more down the middle guesses like Socrates. 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 Is definitely on the list. Socrates. Our friend Socrates is number nine on the greatest minds of all time. Honestly, most of what I know about Socrates comes from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yes, you mentioned that recently. Old Socrates, I don't have an estimated IQ for him, but his ass lived a long time ago. He's a Greek philosopher from Athens who is credited as a founder of Western philosophy and the first moral philosopher of the Western ethical tradition of thought. It's just like you and I. Yeah, they were all very similar. An enig- an, en- an enigmatic f- figure, fuck, Socrates <laughs> authored no texts and mm-hmm. is known mainly through the posthumous accounts of classical writers, particularly his students Plato and Xenophon. I thought that was interesting. He never wrote anything down. No, he's, uh, he was uh, like me. He was a factory, not a warehouse. Oh, God, here you go with the factory bullshit again. But you do write things down. Uh, well, you don't write them down, but you verbalize them. You record them here mm-hmm. to be enjoyed throughout the world and for all of history going forward. Where Socrates, we have to depend on these fucking teacher's pets that came after him spreading the word. Anyway, it was enough to, to get him on this list. Contradictory accounts of Socrates make a reconstruction of the history of his life nearly impossible, a situation known as the Socratic problem. Socratic problem. Socratic problem. Socrates is known, though, for proclaiming his total ignorance. He used to say that the only thing he was aware of was his ignorance, seeking to imply that the realization of our ignorance is the first step in philosophizing. I'm having a hard time today. Philosophizing. Yeah. God damn. Do you want to take the reins here? Jesus. So, what do you think about that? In order to uh, admit that we're all I just remembered I took a philosophy class in college. I don't remember nothing. And how'd you do? No, obviously uh, bad. Well, you talked about Socrates, I bet. We probably did. Again, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was the Mm -hmm. more long-lasting of the uh, the two lessons. In spite of what you're saying now about knowing almost nothing about him, it says here that depictions of Socrates in art, literature, and pop culture have made him one of the most widely known figures in Western tradition. However, he wasn't always such a hotly uh, loved boy because he was a polarizing figure in Athenian society. Mm -hmm. In 399 BC, he was accused of corrupting the youth and failing to acknowledge the city's official gods. Again, just like you and I. After a trial that lasted a day, he was sentenced to death. He spent his last day in prison among friends and followers who offered him a route to escape, which he refused. He died the next morning in accordance with his sentence and after drinking poison hemlock. He had never left Athens in his entire life except during the military campaigns that he participated in. Socrates, number nine. Poison hemlock does not sound like something that just very relaxed uh, oh, here, I looked it up because I wanted to see. Like, it doesn't sound like something that would just ease you into a peaceful sleep. That's no diet, Dr. Pepper. 
No, it says uh, contains a toxin that causes central nervous system stimulatory effects, including seizures. Oh, good. Yeah. So that sounds like a bad way to die. Well, I don't think they had quite written into Greek law yet that no cruel and unusual punishment. No, they used to crucify people. (laughs) Yeah, worse than that, in fact. Have you heard of being quartered? Yeah. Oh, I've heard of all of them. Put a cork in that. We're going to revisit that. So that was Socrates at nine. Who's even smarter or at least left a smarter impact on the world than old Socrates? Well, since we just mentioned him, is Plato also in the top 10? Surprisingly, no. Plato's number 13. Okay. Just because it said all eras and all walks of life, I'm going to throw out a left. No Kanye. No Kanye on the list. Fucking, yeah. No, I'm not going to throw out Kanye. Is David Bowie on the list? <laughs> you know, that's not a terrible guess. No, not Well, I thought about David Bowie because he played my next guess in a movie. My next guess is Nikola Tesla. Yeah, what movie was that? That was in The Prestige. David Bowie played Tesla. Tesla is number six with an estimated IQ of 195. Remember, anything over 140 is near genius level. Ah, damn. So, Tesla. We all know the name now because of Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. but it came from this old chap. He was a Serbian-American inventor, electrical engineer, uh, sorry, mechanical engineer, and futurist. Best known for his contributions to the design of the modern alternating current, or AC, electricity supply system. Just like Brandon, he was born and raised in the Austrian Empire, but he studied engineering and physics, not like Brandon, in the 1870s without receiving a degree, gaining a practical experience in the early 1880s working in telephony. (laughs) Telephony? Yeah, that's Tele- just the, the word, the, the older <laughs> word for like the telephone business. He was working in telephony. He set up laboratories and companies in New York to develop a range of electrical and mechanical devices. He did conduct a range of experience with oscillators, generators, electrical discharge tubes, early x-ray imaging. So this guy loved shit that could electrify him. And electrocute his ass. Yeah, he talked about before he died, he said that like wireless communication, like he talked about like mm-hmm, Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and stuff. That's my next note. He also talked about the wireless transmission of electricity or energy. The same way as Wi-Fi, essentially, right? He was in the early like 1900s. He was living in 2020 or uh, <laughs> 2020 yeah. was super shitty. Maybe he was living like 2025 which will likely be even shittier. The signs are pointing that way for sure. He did work on uh, wireless communication and power transmitter, but ran out of funding before he could complete the experiment. So who knows if he had had the proper funding and time, if he could have, you know, accomplished something insane. This is late 1890s. Yeah, he was a weird guy. He wasn't like, I don't think he was like socially with it, but like brain wise, he was like the Tony Stark of his day. Yeah, ass-wise too. Hell of an ass on him. Having spent most of his money, he lived in a series of New York hotels, leaving behind unpaid bills. Hell yeah. I love this that. This is like the last years of his life. He died in New York City in January 1943. Fuck yeah. Fuck those hotels. Reminds me of uh, Royal <laughs> Tenenbaum. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Just live in a hotel for like 20 years and when it's time to check out, you're like, well, seems like that's a big bill. I cannot pay it. <laughs> Seems like that's a big bill. Are you going to help me with these bags or what? (laughs) What are you going to do? 
He's a handsome man too. Oh, I mentioned the ass. I wasn't kidding. There's a picture of him and he is, he is one handsome dapper fella. Mm-hmm. He had it all except he was, I think he was nuts. Speaking of his final years, he died in 43, but in 1937, he was 81 years old. After midnight on one night, he left his hotel, Mm -hmm. uh, he left the New Yorker Hotel, in fact, to make his regular commute to the cathedral and library to feed the pigeons. This is at midnight. While crossing a street a couple of blocks from the hotel, he was unable to dodge a moving taxi cab and was thrown to the ground. Oh, shit. His back was severely wrenched and three of his ribs were broken in the accident. But the full extent of his injuries were never known because he refused to go see a doctor, which was a lifelong custom of his, and he never fully recovered. Mm-hmm. So he died five years later at age 86. Uh, the medical examiner said the cause of death had been coronary thrombosis. There you go. So he was smart, but not, not smart enough to go see a doctor when you get hit by a car at 81 years old. He couldn't outsmart that clot in his heart. <laughs> no, nor that. So Nikola Tesla. Thank you for all of your contributions to society. Super fascinating guy. Yeah. In addition to a fucking hunk. And it goes without saying, but you know, I'm very, very lightly scratching the surface on all these guys just because of time, but they all, they all they deserve w- like an, uh, their own episode. They probably all deserve uh, more than we can give. Well, what about Galileo? See, when I first brought up this list, you acted like you were going to have all this trouble thinking of people and you've done very well so far. Hell yeah. Galileo, is he higher than Tesla, who is number six? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember, like, I know he's an astronomer and, uh... He's a bunch of shit. Yeah. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Well, he's number I'm gonna four. I'm going to guess, though, that he's higher. Yeah, he's number four. Yeah, you were right. Again, these aren't strictly ranked on IQ, but he does have a higher estimated IQ than Tesla, up to 200 IQ. Tesla was 195. Galileo was an Italian astronomer, physicist, and engineer, sometimes described as a polymath. How do you polymath? Polymath is someone who, like, they're just a. It's someone like Galileo who's like a genius in multiple areas. Well, that's definitely his ass. I have a note later. In fact, right here it says he's been called the father of observational astronomy, mm-hmm. comma, the father of modern physics, comma, the father of the scientific method and the father of modern science. He stuck his dick in all kinds of uh, science. Yeah. He did study speed and velocity, gravity mm-hmm. and free fall, principle of relativity, inertia, projectile motion, and also worked in applied science and technology, describing the properties of pendulums and hydrostatic balances. Now, let's remember, all that shit I just read sounds super complicated and smart and fancy. This is in the 1600s. When people hadn't figured out how to wipe shit off their face. I was going to say like... And were walking bare feet. Like in the house next door when people were probably like smearing shit on their face and putting leeches <laughs> on their arms. Yeah. And he's doing stuff with like paper and pencil that I can't do with a computer. 200 IQ in the 1600s just seems kind of cruel, doesn't it? I was going to say, a yeah, very cruel to be not just surrounded by people who are like completely uneducated, but like... I mean, he might as well have been surrounded by cavemen. Yes, and not just that they're all un- uneducated, but also uh, they all think like witchcraft type shit that he's yeah. doing. Just because it's, yeah. Fascinating guy, this Galileo. He invented the thermoscope and various military compasses and used the telescope for scientific observations of celestial objects. Mm-hmm. 
His contributions to observational astronomy include telescopic confirmation of the phases of Venus. Again, in the 1600s. How the he's fuck? He's seeing like, Venus. He must have fucking 2020 vision. How are you going to see the, t- the phases of that tiny ass little Venus? <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't. He also observed the four largest satellites of Jupiter, Saturn's rings, and uh, some sunspots and shit. That, all of that, it, <laughs> the sunspots, just, he's just glancing at the sun as quick as he can like, Ooh, oh, fuck, I think I saw something. He thinks he's seeing these amazing sunspots and then he backs away and he sees there was an old man's liver spotted head in front of his telescope. I see pictures online sometimes of people who, you know, they have a telescope and they're able to take pictures with it, either with a digital camera or with their phone. Usually, like, if they get a picture of Jupiter or Saturn, I mean, you can see it, it's clearly Jupiter or Saturn, but it's not, does not at all seem clear enough to observe four of the moons. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, like, I'm surprised they had even named these planets by the time Galileo was. Yeah, I mean, just the, the the knowledge to be able to point the telescope at a dot in the sky and know that that one's a planet or something different than a star. And then, like, in the 1600s, to point it at Saturn and be like, what the fuck? That one's wearing rings around its middle. Well, let's talk about Galileo's personal life, because it's spicy. Despite being a genuinely pious Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. Galileo fathered three children out of wedlock. I was going to say, he's probably real horny. I love this sentence. This is a copy paste from Wikipedia. Despite being a genuinely pious Roman Catholic, so he's real about it, everybody. Yeah. He fathered three children out of wedlock. They had two daughters, Virginia and Livia, and a son, Vincenzo. Mm -hmm. Due to their illegitimate birth, Galileo considered the girls unmarriageable, Uh if not posing problems of prohibitively expensive support of dowries. Their only worthy alternative, since they were unmarriageable, was the religious life. So both girls were accepted by the covenant of San Mateo and remained there for the rest of their lives as nuns. Alec, your dad couldn't keep his dick under control, and now you're unmarriageable. Right, it's his fault, but you're the one suffering for it. It sounds mostly like he didn't want to pay their dowry. Do you know what a dowry is? No. I remember I first learned what a dowry was from the John Wayne movie, The Quiet Man, where he goes, he's a, plays a boxer who goes over to Ireland. Maureen O'Hara, like her father or brother, I can't remember, is trying to marry her off. And like part of it is this dowry. You get this big dowry. You like, it's like back in the day, if you married a woman, her father would also like bribe you or pay you like money, land, I don't know, farm animals to accept and marry his daughter. Dude, people are so stupid. Like, how, like these traditions that humans create about, like, marriage. Yeah, shit. he should pay you. It's just, like, it's just fucking ridiculous. And so, Galileo has these illegitimate births, three of them. It's not like a one-time mistake. Three of them with the same woman. They don't get married for, which is fine, but back in the day, that was a, a big thing to have these kids out of wedlock. So, then because of his repeated mistakes, his daughters suffer and are unmarriageable and have to live a life of service in the church. So, I I don't know. I don't like it. And he went on about his uh, telescope peeking, humping random ladies ways. (laughs) Well, the humping random ladies, a little editorializing, but get your point. Because it was just one lady he was humping, according to this. Do you know how he died? 
Yeah. So before I get to that, though, I want to talk about his conflicts with the church. Okay. Because this is the 1600s, as we've established, and the majority mm-hmm. of educated people, oh, not yeah. just people. He came up with heliocentrism, right? Yes. It yeah. says the sun is in the middle. Uh, we're spinning around it, not that the earth is the center of the universe. Yes. Educated people of the day believed earth was the center of the universe and the orbit of all heavenly bodies. Mm-hmm. According to popular legend, after recanting his theory that the earth moved around the sun, he had to recant it because of, you know, all these legal pressures. He uh, allegedly muttered the rebellious phrase, quote, and yet it moves. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it means like, I'm saying what you want me to say, despite the truth being right here in front of all of us. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. Galileo was found vehemently suspect of heresy. (laughs) He was required to abjure, curse, and detest his opinions. What a stupid fucking sentence. You have to detest your own opinions. Do it. Detest your opinions honestly. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll say whatever the fuck you want. It's not going to change. No, Brandon, they made him curse and detest his opinions, so you must be mistaken. All right. After that, he was sentenced to house arrest, where he remained the rest of his life. Publication of his works was forbidden, uh, including any that he might write in the future. He suffered a heart attack. Well, he suffered from fever and heart palpitations and died at age 77 in 1642. So, if you remember, his works couldn't be published because of his detestable opinions about the earth. So, this controversy was largely forgotten and subsided. The ban on reprinting was lifted in 1718, which is roughly, I don't know, 70-ish years after he died. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, obviously, the rest is history. My last note is just that, according to Stephen Hawking, Galileo probably bears more of the responsibility for the birth of modern science than anybody else. And Albert Einstein called him the father of modern science. Everybody called him the father of modern science, I guess. Yeah, except his illegitimate children, which called him... (laughs) Dickhead father. Yeah, dickhead father. All right, so that was Galileo at four. Hey, another ad break coming at you. Brandon here, letting you know that I'm in a hell of a good mood today. Why is that? Because I'm decked out from head to toe in the most stylish shit since the Emperor's New Clothes, Tennis Podcast official merchandise. Now you can join me, other Hollywood celebrities, elites, NBA athletes, all wearing the latest Tennis Pod merch. You can wear a shirt that has a retro version of our logo, or you can drink whiskey from a mug that highlights the benefits of peanut butter as water. If that doesn't work for you, you can always get a shirt or a mug, letting the world know you're just a humble sidekick host. There are tons of designs available now in both men's and women's fits in multiple colors, and we can make it even tastier for you. I must stress, I did not come up with this copy, nor did I come up with this code word for free shipping. But buy now and get some free shipping when you use the code word TAINT at checkout. That's TAINT, T-A-I-N-T at checkout, and you're going to get free shipping on your Tennis Pod merch. Hurry now, use that code TAINT, T-A-I-N-T, at TennisPod.com slash merch. That's TennisPod.com slash merch. Promo code TAINT. You just mentioned a couple, but I'm going to hold off on those. and uh-huh. I'm going to guess Leonardo da Vinci. Where would you guess he ranks relative to the others? I was going to guess like five. Hmm. So you think you're smarter than Leonardo da Vinci, I guess, because he's number one. Whoa, he's number one. He's number one. God 
Damn. I think he deserves it too when I read through this. Yeah, I was going to say, you. I'm not arguing with it, but I am, now I realize like there's got to be even more than I realized. The great thing about Leonardo da Vinci, he's probably the most interesting one to talk about today, by the way, but the, is because not only does he have these huge impacts on science, but on pop culture, his shit's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's number one, estimated IQ of 200. Again, 140 is that like genius baseline. So that's way up there. He was an Italian man who lived between 1452 and 1529. This is what, 200 years before Galileo, when they were arresting him for having an opinion that the sun was the center of, of the galaxy. Yeah. He was active as a painter, droughtsman, engineer, scientist, theorist, sculptor, and architect. He's most famous for his paintings. He's among the greatest painters in history of art, often credited as the founder of the High Renaissance. Despite having many lost works and less than 25 attributed major works. Did you get that? He only has 25, less than that, attributed major works. You know, you compare that to some other artists and it's just crazy. He created some of the most influential paintings in Western art. Can you name a few? I was going to say off the top of my head, I could say the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper. Yep. He's also got that drawing of a guy doing jumping jacks with his dick out. The, Vitru- the Vitruvian Man. I might be saying that mm-hmm. wrong, but that's what that is. Yeah. The Last Supper is the most reproduced religious painting of all time. The Mona Lisa is often regarded as the world's most famous painting. I think that's valid. And the last one, the man doing it, we've all seen it. It's the man doing jumping jacks with his penis out, like Brandon said. It's called the Vitruvian Man. It's also regarded as a cultural icon. You see it on a lot of, like, t-shirts and shit, too. Yeah. He had another piece of art called the Salvatore Mundi, or Mundi. Uh, And in 2017, that painting, which may only be partially attributed to Leonardo, he might not have even done the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but it was sold in auction for $450 million US, setting a new record for the most expensive painting ever sold. I think that's, I think I read something recently about like rich people are just hiding and fucking around with their money via art. So maybe that was one of those deals. But if one painting was ever going to go for $450 million, it'd probably be one that he did. Yeah, but I wonder what the Mona Lisa would go for if someone were to sell it. I would guess more than that, but it's, I mean, if you had to choose one painting to sit to, like, define the term priceless, that's probably it. Revered for his technological ingenuity, he conceptualized flying machines. This is in 1400s. (laughs) It's like, dude, people are throwing shit out of a bucket out of their window onto the streets below literally and kids are fucking playing in it dogs are just (laughs) running around biting people randomly like he is living in (laughs) the middle of just renaissance chaos in the 1400s (laughs) (laughs) coming up with a fucking drawing a helicopter you know i've been listening to the last podcast on the left series on the black death it's like a Mm -hmm. five or six part series and they go pretty in depth on like living conditions in the time in fact it's I think it's the mid-1300s that they're talking about. Super, so this is, super gross. People are throwing shit out their windows, literally, but also blood because common cures for like any illness back then was to just get rid of some of the blood in your body and they just chunk it out the window. Yeah. It's, yeah, I could go on and on, but shit was not cleanly. There cleanly. were packs of like wild dogs that would feast on the blood and meat <laughs> that was just in the streets. Like right outside your door that you're walking by on your way to like, go shit in the river and then like i don't know and then like just inside 
you know, sitting upstairs, probably naked in a hammock, Leonardo <laughs> da Vinci's like, ah, I just came up with the idea for a whirly bird. It's just incredible. So, relative, I mean, tell me if this is a shock. Relatively few of his designs were ever constructed or even feasible during his lifetime. Mm-hmm. As the modern scientific approaches uh, were only in their infancy during the Renaissance. No fucking shit. If he would have shown that, opened those, like walked outside and been like, hey, guys, look at the shit I just drew. They would have dragged him somewhere and burned him. Uh, I mean, you're implying there, and I and maybe you so confirm for me that it's true that he kept all that shit private until after oh, I he don't, died, right? I don't know. Yeah, I assume so. I don't know for sure. As we've been talking about these guys, I've I've looked them up just so I can look at their picture and kind of um, kind of scroll through. And I did see he made substantial discoveries in anatomy, civil mm-hmm. engineering, hydrodynamics, geology, optics, and tribology. Like, all of those could not be any different. It's incredible. But he did not publish his findings, and they had little to no direct influence on subsequent science. Yeah. It's interesting, too. Like, as smart as this guy is, 200 IQ, which is, like, higher than Einstein, by the way. And he's living in the 1400s. He's drawing helicopters on his notepad. But he's still, like, if he got sick, he'd still go to the doctor and be like, I guess you got to drain some blood out of my asshole to heal me, right? And he's still thinking that if you smell the plague, you can get the plague. Like, I'm just saying examples of like this really stupid shit that even he probably believed in at the time. Just interesting how you can be so smart and above everyone else in some ways, but then just like everyone else in other ways. Mm -hmm. So he did have smaller inventions that were uh, enter the world of manufacturing, unheralded, such as the automated bobbin winder and a machine for testing the tensile strength of wire. He invented both of those. Uh, So, just a random out-of-place note from his personal life. He was known Mm -hmm. for his great love of animals during his life. He was likely a vegetarian. And according to Vasari, he uh, had a habit of purchasing caged birds just to release them. He's kind of cool. Yeah. He kept his private life secret. Yeah, very little is known about his private life. But because of that, and because he's so smart, that's just breeding ground for uh, people to speculate about his sexuality yeah it's been the subject of satire analysis and speculation and this trend really began in the mid-16th century and was revived in the 19th and 20th centuries most notably by listener of the show sigmund freud in his book leonardo da vinci a memory of his childhood so he's so smart and he's so different than us gotta be gay right (laughs) i mean he could have been but like it just seems like wild speculation well, this says that the, there were court records, 1476, when he was age 24, showed that he and three other young men were charged with sodomy in an incident involving a well-known male prostitute. And the charges were dismissed for lack of evidence. But at that time, who fucking knows? Because they were charging people all the time for I was going to say, like, yeah, like, yeah, you accidentally, like, give, you know, a step on the back of someone's shoe and give them a flat tire, and they turn around, and they're like, fucking sodomist. <laughs> and then because, like, no crime worse than that in 1400s Europe. So you take that to the king or whoever, and they gotta investigate it. But anyway, let's move on. So let's talk about his most famous work, the Mona Lisa. What makes it so famous? Because, like, I'm not saying I could do it, obviously, but it is a relatively simple piece of art compared mm-hmm. to other really famous pieces of art. Would you agree with that? Like, it's simple. If you just told people, like, hey, this is the most famous painting in the world, people would be like, what? Why? 
I mean, it's not bad. If, but like if you had never seen it before and you didn't know about it, what, yeah, it's you'd just be like it's just some lady. There's been a ton of it out. There's Wikipedia articles upon articles trying to like get to the root of what makes it such a compelling piece of art. The summary I grabbed was that its fame rests in particular on the elusive smile on the woman's face. Mm-hmm. Its mysterious quality, perhaps due to the subtly shadowed corners of the mouth and eyes such that the exact nature of the smile could not be determined. We also don't know who she was. Right. Don't know who she was. Don't know why she's smiling. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and she has a slightly mischievous smile. Like, her smile says so much, right? right. Or I guess it, it says so much and so little at the same time. It's like, I can see that you're trying to hold back a smile. I think it's like she knows a sweet little secret. Well, anyway, let's get to his last years. Upon the invitation of Francis the Francis one, or is it Francis the I I don't know. It just says Francis, but I'm guessing that might be the king at the time. Upon his invitation, he spent his last three years in France, where he died in 1519. Since his death, there has not been a time where his achievements, personal life, and empirical thinking have failed to incite interest and admiration, making him a frequent namesake and subject and culture. Which is different, because other people we've covered, like Galileo and Tesla, they had periods after their death where they were kind of forgotten, mm-hmm. and then revitalized later, but da Vinci has never been in that camp. He's always had interest in him. Leonardo's fame within his own lifetime was such that the king of France, yeah, that is Francis, carried him away like a trophy and was claimed to have supported him in his old age and held him in his arms when he died. This is the king of France. Leonardo died in May 1519 at the age of 67, possibly from a stroke. In the arms of the king. (laughs) In the arms of the king, who once tried to get him uh, arrested for sodomy. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if it's the same guy, but whatever. So that's da Vinci. He was number one. IQ of 200. Okay. I'm trying to guess a few that may not be on here, like uh, Copernicus. I was hoping Copernicus would be on here because he's a fascinating guy, but he's number 12. We'll have to cover him some other time. Yeah, another polymath. Yeah. Let's see. What about Alexander Graham Bell? No, not the top 20. Thomas Edison? Was he a genius or was he I... just... I think he was more of a flim-flam man. I don't know his story. Uh, he invented the light bulb. He's not on here. Well, what about... These Abraham? are all people known for many things, not just right. like one invention. Okay. And not uh, the Abraham Lincoln is not in the list. No, no. Okay. No politicians. Maybe the most recent one. Besides Trump, who's the real number one. I get, uh, so I'm going to guess, a very strong guess that Steve Jobs is not in the, on the list. No. Okay. I don't know. Do you know his IQ? No, I don't. But I just wondered if they had yeah. anyone who is, you know, of like the 21st century. Uh, there, well, there's only who, one person in the 21st century. I was going to say my one guess of someone who lived in the 21st century would be Stephen Hawking. No. 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 Okay. Uh, well, now we're in trouble. How about uh, Einstein? Einstein. When we went into this, would you have thought Einstein was number one? Yeah. Yeah. Einstein is like the poster child for being a smart guy. That's why they call it, all right, Einstein. That's why they call him Einstein. But he's uh, number eight. His IQ is actually estimated to be between 160 and 190, which is obviously very high. But the low end of that 160 is the lowest we've discussed so far. So take that, Einstein fucking fanboys. He's number eight. He's a German-born theoretical physicist, widely acknowledged as one of the greatest physicists of all time. He's known for developing the theory of relativity, 
but he also made important contributions to the development of the theory of quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Einstein would be impressed with our time travel episode. What do you think? No, he wouldn't. Okay. He'd be... God, how would he feel about that? Depressed. You're going to do an Einstein impression? I mean, he spoke uh, German or Austrian, right? Austrian German? German? Nah, I'm not going to do it. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll uh, get a rain check on that. His mass energy equivalence formula, E equals mc squared, which arises from relativity theory, has been dubbed the world's most famous equation. His intellectual achievements and originality resulted in Einstein, the word Einstein becoming synonymous with genius. Mm -hmm. So he was born in the German Empire, uh, this is in the 1800s, but he moved to Switzerland in 1895, forsaking his German citizenship. He later returned and became a citizen again in 1917 to go to school. But then he left again in 1933 when Adolf Hitler came to power because he was not a fan of the Nazi-led government. He wasn't a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of these Nazis. I don't like what's going on here. It was just kind of nice that you could just fucking peace out, too. Like, yeah, yeah, well, because I don't think, I don't know. If the Nazis were around today, I do not think they'd let you leave. But he became a good asset to the United States because he became a U.S. citizen in 1940. And on the eve of World War II... He endorsed a letter to President Franklin D. Roosevelt alerting him to the potential German nuclear weapons program and recommending that the U.S. begin similar research, which ultimately led to the atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Einstein supported the Allies, but generally denounced the idea of nuclear weapons. So here's a little factoid I didn't know. He had a son named Edward. Talk about big shoes to fill, right? Mm-hmm. His son Edward had a breakdown at age 20 and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, jeez. His mother cared for him and he was committed to asylums for several periods before finally being committed permanently after his mom died. So his son Edward, schizophrenic, from age 20 on, basically lived in an asylum. Markedly different than his dad, his dad's life. All the smart went to Albert. When asked if he believed in an afterlife, Einstein replied, no, and one life is enough for me, which I thought was an amazing quote. In April 1955, Einstein experienced internal bleeding caused by the rupture of an abdominal aortic aneurysm. Oh, fuck. Einstein refused surgery. So a lot like Tesla, Tesla got ran over by a car and refused to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, Brandon. Imagine going outside today, getting hit by a car and just saying, nah, I'll just test my luck at home. I'll just chill here. Einstein was similar. He refused surgery saying, I want to go when I want. It is tasteless to prolong life artificially. I have done my share. It is time to go. I will do it elegantly. He died in Princeton Hospital early the next morning at age 76. Continued working until the very end. Elegantly. And during the autopsy, the pathologist at Princeton removed Einstein's brain for preservation without permission of his family. In the hope that the newer science in the future would be able to discover what made Einstein so intelligent. Brandon, do you think they'll steal your brain during your autopsy? No, just burn it up. For research? Burn it up. It's not worth nothing. I like how you didn't question that there'd be an autopsy as well. (laughs) Because you are going to die in mysterious fashion, probably. Mysteriously, an enigmatic death. All right. Well, what about fucking... Mr. Observation himself, Sir Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton. Any relation to the Fig Newton? (laughs) Fuck. 
He's number three with an estimated IQ of 193. An apple bopped him on his head and he said, that's gravity. I actually read that that was an urban legend. Yeah, probably. So this son of a bitch was, I think, our only Englishman on the list, if I'm recalling right. He was born in 1642. He was an English mathematician. So uh, around the same time as Galileo, but in a different country. I think Galileo was what, Italian? Mm-hmm. Isaac Newton, uh, English mathematician, physicist, astronomer, theologian, author, widely recognized as one of the greatest mathematicians of all time. Newton also made seminal contributions to optics and shares credit with German mathematician Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz, Leibniz for developing in infinitesim infinitesimal calculus, which, as you know, I'm a big fan of that. I was going to say, like, in high school, I had to buy, like, a $100 calculator to do calculus. Yeah, so thanks, Isaac Newton. And I'm going to say it. Might be controversial. I stand by it. You don't need anything beyond, like, algebra in high school. Save the calculus and the geometry and all that shit for college if you pursue a career in that. Yeah. Sorry. That's how I feel. Oh, one more invention he's credited with is inventing the pet door, like the doggy door. Oh, really? said that he was annoyed that his cat would want outside while he was trying to work. But some biographers have disputed this as an urban legend, so I don't actually know if that's true. Let's just assume it is. Yep. In his book, Math <laughs> Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy. <laughs> yeah, sounds hot. Newton formulated the laws of motion and universal gravitation that formed the dominant scientific viewpoint until it was superseded by the theory of relativity. That's Einstein. Beyond his work in mathematic sciences, he dedicated much of his time to the study of alchemy and biblical chronology, but most of his work in those areas remained unpublished until long after his death. He was very into, uh, like, religious studies. Mm -hmm. As warden, and afterwards as master of the royal mint, Newton estimated that 20% of the coins taken in during the great recoinage of 1696 were counterfeit. 20% counterfeit. Counterfeiting was high treason. Punishable by the felon being hanged, drawn, and quartered. Fuck. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Despite this, convicting even the most flagrant criminals could be extremely difficult. However, Newton proved equal to the task. Newton was proved equal to the task to find people with counterfeit money and having them hanged, drawn, and quartered. Now, if you're listening and you don't know what that is, here's the definition of being hanged, drawn, and quartered. The convicted traitor was fastened to a hurdle or wooden panel and drawn by horse to the place of execution, where he was then hanged almost to the point of death. They'd stop him until then. Mm -hmm. Emasculate him, which means they'd cut off his balls, disembowel him, behead him, and then quarter his body by chopping it into four pieces. His remains would then be displayed in prominent places across the country, such as the London Bridge... <laughs> Hey, Daddy, what's that hanging there off that London Bridge? To serve as a warning to the fate of traitors. For reasons of public decency, women convicted of high treason were instead burned at the stake. Because that's the decent thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you, can't, you don't want to see their tits. So, Brandon, you accidentally bring a counterfeit coin in 1696 London, and you are taken in, you're dragged by a horse to the place where you're going to be hanged, you're hung... Right before you die, they chop off your balls, then disembowel you, then behead you, and then chop you into four pieces. Right. Well, I'm not going back in time there. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Am I right? Anyway, 
This uh, peach of a human, Isaac Newton, died in his sleep in London in March of 1726. His body was buried in Westminster Abbey. After his death, his hair was examined and found to contain mercury, probably resulting from his alchemical pursuits. Mercury poison could explain his eccentricity in late life. Yeah, fucking being nuts. Yeah. What number was he again? Three. Three, okay. So you have one Da Vinci, three Isaac Newton, four Galileo, six Tesla, eight Einstein, and nine Socrates. And there's someone in the Socrates vein that you're missing. Hmm. Not Plato. Who's the other big one? Of the oh, time? Aristotle. 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 I haven't got a clue what he did. I'm guessing it's something with looking in a telescope at space. No. Oh. He, they didn't have telescopes in fucking seven, uh, 347 BC. Oh. But I'm going to kind of skim over him because we've covered him before in a past episode. He had an estimated IQ of between 180 and 190. He was a Greek philosopher during the classical period in ancient Greece. He uh, joined Plato's Academy in Athens at age 17. This is in 347 BC. So he was a student of Plato. You said he's number two? Ten. Oh, ten. After Plato died, Aristotle left Athens, and at the request of Philip II, he tutored Alexander the Great, beginning in 343 BC. He established a library, which helped him produce hundreds of books on papyrus scrolls. What a pain in the ass. Handwriting books on scrolls? Blech! I would never do it. Fuck it. Oh, so Socrates taught Plato, and then Plato taught Aristotle. Yes. Aristotle, he's been called, listen to this, the father of logic, the father of biology, the father of political science, the father of zoology, the father of embryology, the father of natural law, the father of scientific method, the father of rhetoric, the father of psychology, the father of realism, the father of criticism, the father of individualism, the father of meteorology. That is being the father of a lot of stuff for someone who... Never put one square toilet paper to his body. (laughs) Yeah. Something else you guys have in common. Uh, He died of natural causes in 322 BC. And I I did skim past him because uh, we did cover Aristotle. We covered a few of these others too. But Aristotle in particular, we covered episode 63 of our archives, which was the most viewed Wikipedia pages among pre-modern people in history. All right, so there's someone else Aristotle-ish in here. Oh, no. In fact, there's two. Wait, are they old-timey? Yeah, this one is uh, between in, in the 200s BC. Hmm. So it would have been after Aristotle. Archimedes. Oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that guy. What number is he? Five. He was a Greek mathematician, physicist, a physicist in 287 BC. An engineer, an astronomer, an inventor. Sometimes referred to as the father of mathematics and mathematical physics. All these fucking guys are yeah, fathers. Cut the shit with the father of this and that. <laughs> Brandon, you and I are the father of the Tennis Podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, really. His mathematical achievements include deriving an accurate approximation. 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 <sighs> Thank you. Of pi. He derived pi. Mm-hmm. He defined and investigated the spiral that now bears his name. And devised a system using exponent, exponent, exponentiation. <laughs> it's late, guys. Give me a break. For very large numbers. He was also one of the first to apply mathematics to physical phenomena, founding hydrostatics and statics. 
The relatively few copies of his written work that survived through the Middle Ages were an influential source of ideas for scientists during the Renaissance and the 17th century. Now, what I've been saying lately has been kind of boring, but this is all, this is where it's all worth it. You're going to eat this up. Okay. The earliest reference to Archimedes occurs in the Histories by Polybius. It was written about 70 years after Archimedes died. It sheds light on the war machines that Archimedes is said to have built in order to defend the city from the Romans. Cool. He developed the Claw of Archimedes, a weapon that is said to have been designed in order to defend the city of Syracuse. Also known as the Ship Shaker, the Claw of Archimedes consisted of a crane-like arm from which a large metal grappling hook was suspended. When uh -huh. the claw was dropped onto an attacking ship, the arm would swing upwards, lifting the ship out of the water and possibly sinking it. Fuck yes. That's not even the best, though. Archimedes may have also used mirrors, acting collectively as a parabolic reflector to burn ships attacking Syracuse. That is fucking awesome. It said that the device is called the Archimedes Heatway. It was used to focus sunlight onto approaching ships, think magnifying glass with ants, uh -huh. causing the ships to catch fire. Yeah, it's like the war version of burning ants with a magnifying glass, I guess. Yeah. And it was to the Romans, so fuck them. That is awesome. Well, Archimedes would probably say that it was less awesome when he died, because according to the most popular account, Archimedes was contemplating a mathematical diagram when the city was captured by the Romans. A Roman soldier commanded him to come and meet Marcellus, but he declined, saying that he had to finish working on his math problem. The soldier was enraged by this and killed Archimedes with his sword, <laughs> despite orders from the king that Archimedes not be harmed. The last words that Archimedes said was, do not disturb my circles. <laughs> A reference to his math drawing. Oh, <laughs> that's really sad. He's just like living his fucking science nerd life. And this fucking idiot comes in. He's like, Marcellus, come out. Marcellus Wallace wants to have a word with you. And he says, did I do that? Yeah, fucking idiot. I have to say, when I die, when I'm on my deathbed and I say, Brandon, lean in. And you can hear the machines keeping me alive and you lean in close. I'm going to say, do not disturb my hashtag Nick's notes. Oh, well, I'll just <laughs> go over and immediately like shuffle them all up. Oh, you son of a bitch. Okay, there's one more ancient Greek philosopher uh, that you're probably not going to get. It's, how do I say this? I'm going to get flack for this. Pythagoras? Pythagoras? Pythagoras. Pythagoras, okay. Came he, up with the Pythagorean theorem. He was an ancient Ionian Greek philosopher, the founder of Pythagoreanism. His political and religious teachings were well known in Magna Gratia and influenced the philosophies of Plato, Aristotle, and through them, Western philosophy. He studied the transmigration of souls, which holds that every soul is immortal and upon death enters into a new body. That sounds to me like the basis for uh, reincarnation. Yeah, reincarnation. Around 510 BC, so this is like 200 years before Aristotle, I think, his followers came into conflict with supporters of democracy and Pythagorean meeting houses were burned. I guess he had kind of a little cult thing going. He's credited with many math and scientific discoveries, including the theorem you mentioned, the five regular solids, the theory of proportions, the sphericity of the earth, I guess he's the first that called the earth a sphere maybe, and the identity of the morning and the evening stars as the planet Venus. Ooh. It is said that he is the first man to call himself a philosopher, which means the lover of wisdom, and the first to divide the globe into five clim climatic zones. 
There you go. Oh, well, goddamn, how the fuck did he do that? I don't know. How did any of you guys do this? You're just wearing sheets. This is 500 years before Jesus was crucified. Yeah, this is, this guy's just absurd. All right, well, you got one left, mm-hmm. and it's the only lady on the list. Wait, what number was Pythagoras? Seven. So, the one left, the, the female left on the list is number two? Yes. She's in possession of an IQ between 180 and 299. God damn. And she has a vagina. Marie Curie. Yes. Marie Curie is number two. She is a Polish, French woman who changed the world not once but twice. She founded the new science of radioactivity. Mm-hmm. And the word itself was also invented by her. And her discoveries launched effective cures for cancer. This is late 1800s into 1934. She was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize, first female professor at the University of Paris, and the first person to win a second Nobel Prize, man or woman. I mean, this is some big shit. Yeah. Together with her husband, Pierre, they identified two new elements, radium and polonium, named after her native Poland. After she died, she raised a small fortune in the US and Europe to fund laboratories and to develop cancer treatments. What I love about her is she's not only smart as hell, but she does all this great shit for humanity. There's more, too. She mm-hmm. was a woman of action because during the First World War, she helped to equip ambulances with x-ray equipment, which is brand new technology, and she drove them to the front line herself. God damn. All this work with radioactive materials got her sick eventually. I was going to say, uh, I was pretty sure she died of radiation poisoning. She did. But despite that, she never stopped working. Her memory is preserved by the Cancer Society that bears her name and continues to help terminally ill patients all over the world. She did die in 1934 at age 66 due to exposure to radiation over the course of her scientific research. She was known for her honesty and moderate lifestyle. She gave much of her first Nobel Prize money to friends, family, students, and research associates. Albert Einstein reportedly remarked that she was probably the only person who could not be corrupted by fame. Is he including himself in that? Do you think he... He's like, yeah, I get, I get blown by... Uh... <laughs> By young girls on the street all the time. It's Blown awesome. by young girls on the street, yes. He's been corrupted. I think that's a quote by him. I think he said that quote right before that picture of him was taken with his tongue sticking out. Whoop. And for more on Marie Curie, you can listen to episode 101 in our archives covering the most influential women in history. We go a lot more in depth. That's why I kind of rushed through her there just because we've covered her before. All right. God damn. How do you feel? Do you feel smart? No, I feel much dumber than I even started out. Not because of the information, but um, because it's all relative. I also agree. I do feel like you are dumber, for sure, since we started. Probably. That's a good chance. So, let me give you these again, but I'm going to start at 20. Michael Faraday is 20. Mm -hmm. 19 is Wilhelm Rongen. 18 is Euclid, or Euclid. Euclid. 17 is Carl Frederick Goss. 16 is Ludwig van Beethoven. I thought you'd guess him. Beethoven? Yeah, I actually, on my scratch pad here, I do have Mozart and Beethoven. Well, I guess we'll have to take your word for it because there's no way to verify what you're saying. Well, I could just take a picture of the scratch pad I have right in front of me. We don't have time for that. 15 is Johannes Kepler. 14, Michelangelo. Another good guess. Another Ninja Turtle. 13 is Plato. 12, Copernicus. 11, Alan Turing. Mm. Okay, so here's the top 10. Greatest minds of all time, as voted on by 68,000 people on Ranker.com. Number 10, Aristotle. 
9. Socrates. 8. Albert Einstein. 7. Pythagoras. Pythagoras. <laughs> Pythagoras. 6. Nikola Tesla. 5. Archimedes. 4. Galileo Galilei, which, what a fucking great A. A plus name. That is a mention your name once and get all kinds of laid for it kind of name. Perfect. Number three, Isaac Newton. Number two, Marie Curie. And number one, IQ estimation of 200, Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Ninja Turtle. Who's the Ninja Turtles? We got Michelangelo, Leonardo. Uh, Are you fucking serious right now? Hang on, hang on. Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello. And uh, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel. Raphael. Raphael, yeah. All right, well, I hope all of you felt, like physically felt, a tingling in your head. That's your IQ score going up in real time during this episode. Before we close out, let's dumb ourselves back down a little bit, bring us back down to earth with a few podcast reviews. Uh, as a reminder, I read reviews every week. If you want me to read yours, go write a review. First one comes from our friends at the Ye Old Crime podcast on Podchaser. We've been on their podcast before. Mm-hmm. Their review says, I love this podcast. The way Brandon and Nick play off each other is great, and the concept of their show is fantastical. I love learning about random top 10 facts, not to mention hearing their banter as they discuss it. Keep up the amazing work, fellas. Hell yeah, brother. So she did, I think she's on to us because mm-hmm. she said we play off each other. Do you think she knows that we also play with each other? Is she trying to I'm like... shaking my head. She's shaking my head. Next one comes from Rugby Loving Runner on Apple Podcasts. This show is so good, we stole the format for the second series of our comedy rugby podcast, 15 of Things. <laughs> comedy rugby. If Nick doesn't read this, I'm unsubscribing, bidding my hot dog, and taking a bath in peanut butter. Well... Won't be doing that now. Well, they will. I'm going to tell them to unsubscribe just for saying binning my hot dog. Fucking European English motherfuckers. Oh. Just kidding. I love you. Thank you for the review. I was going to say, I really like, <laughs> I really like, uh, there's certain words and phrases, English words and phrases that like, I really wish I could say, but I think it'd be obvious. Like, not, like what? Like, like they use the phrase uh, a bit, a bit. Okay. Something's a bit more than this. I think they use that uh, a lot more commonly. Bin something. Bin that. How about um, cunt? They like that word over okay. there. Okay. Well, that's not one I was uh, thinking of. Rubbish. Bollocks. All right. Are we just going to sit here all day and listen to you? Bollocks to that. Do this. That's it. That's all I got. Bollocks to that. Bollocks to you. That's it. We're done. We're going to be back next week with episode 148. It's Brandon's list. By the way, Brandon, a reminder, uh, the episodes we're recording now, we're getting close to October. So Spooktober's coming up. So not your next list, but the one after that. Better be spooky. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Any closing words for our adoring fans? Keep it real. Keep it real. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.